Okay, good evening and welcome everybody. Tonight's class is titled, Is Fear a Small Thing? Part 2. And last week we learned how the, to- the Torah shares What does Hashem ask from you? Hashem says, I ask nothing aside for just a little fear. All I'm asking is just a little fear. And so the Gemara in Brachis says, what do you mean just a little fear? <laughs> fear is tremendous. And so the Gemara answers, no, no. For Hashem, for Moshe Rabbeinu, fear is a small thing. So again, the Gemara answers that for Moshe Rabbeinu, fear is a small thing. So we asked in Tanya, what do you mean for Moshe Rabbeinu, fear is a small thing? The Torah is talking to you and me. And you're telling me that fear for you and me is not, is a small thing because for Moshe, it's, I, I don't get it, I don't get it. The fact that for Moshe Mandel to run 10 miles every day is a small thing. Uh, I'm not Moshe Mandel. Oh, I was talking about your cousin. So we learned three items where Moshe gives us something special. What does Moshe give us? He gives every Jew a ray. Moshe gives every Jew a ray of himself, a ray of das, a ray of knowledge. He gives every leader, he gives every generation leaders that have the ability to assist in bringing out that knowledge within every Jew. And third of all, Moshe gives you and I the ability to really think deeply into the greatness of Hashem. And, and the third item, it sounds a little, maybe like nothing, but it's tremendous. The ability to sit and focus, the ability to meditate, the ability to sit and connect, that is not something we should take for granted. Let me show you this inside. I'm going, to sh- I'm going to highlight where I am. This capacity and this quality of attaching one's knowledge to God is present in every soul to skip ahead by virtue of its nurture from the soul of our teacher Moses. The ability to, to really focus and connect with the knowledge of Hashem is a present that Moshe Rabbeinu has given us. Hi Mark, great to see you. <laughs> we only gave the password to select few. <laughs> You're in now. So, we have these three gifts. My, Mark, we're learning that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us three gifts. And the third gift is the ability to f- meditate and focus and connect. Think about Hashem. 
However, what we're going to learn tonight is that even though we have the ability, that doesn't mean it's easy. Even though we have the ability to connect and think about Hashem, it doesn't at all mean that it's easy. Let's see this inside. Are you, do you see on the screen where I've highlighted the words only since the soul? Could you just nod in the screen if you're with me? Yes, fantastic. So the Tanya shares that only since the soul has closed itself in the body... That means our, we have a soul. And as we're going to learn in chapter 45 of Tanya, that the soul comes from the highest level possible. And it journeys down to the lowest level possible. So since the soul has closed itself in, in the body, and the body is called a, a serpent's skin, it's, the body is called the skin of a snake, it's low, so it needs a great and mighty exertion, doubled and redoubled. So the energy that we need to be able to, re to concentrate on Hashem and to reveal our connection with Hashem is tremendous. It's a great, mighty, doubled and redoubled exertion. What is the doubled exertion? So Tanya is going to share first, we have to crush ourselves. Now crush ourselves doesn't mean to tell ourselves what bad people we are, God forbid. Crush ourselves means we have to crush the, the passion within us. We have to crush the feeling that I am everything. That's number one. It's to kind of take a step back and say, uh, th there's more to the world than me. That's the first item. The second thing we need to do is the hard work of focusing. So you see, to connect on, on this thought that I want to be one with Hashem, it's not enough to focus. You have That's the second level. The first step is to take a step back and say, why do I want to connect with Hashem? Because if you want to connect with Hashem because it just sounds like a good idea, it's not going to happen. We have to connect with Hashem because Hashem is, uh, is us. You, we're one. I'm nothing without Hashem. So I have to be able to have humility. The key is humility. I, I heard a talk recently that today everybody's humble. The greatest nations... Unfortunately, with this virus, our learning, I'm not everything. I have to be humble. There's something ahead of me. <laughs> and even the nations that say they still don't have anything, one day we'll find out what's happening, and they'll, they'll be humble. So uh, uh, that sense of humility, that's the first step to connecting with the knowledge of Hashem. Let's see that inside. First is the wearying of the flesh, the crushing of the body and, and its submission, so that it shall not obscure the light of the soul. So again, we're not saying to destroy the body. On the contrary, Hasidah says, we want to take the body and make it the greatest it could be. But we want to crush it in the sense that it doesn't think that it's a separate entity from God. And it has been mentioned above in the name of the Zohar, that a body into which the light of the soul does not penetrate should be crushed. If, if someone, his body is not allowing 
for Hashem to come within. So then if we need to crush that body, we need to penetrate it and allow for the fire to catch hold, which is accomplished by means of doing teshuva, of thinking about thoughts of repentance from the depth of the heart as is explained there. So the first step to connecting with the knowledge of Hashem is removing the feeling of Aniva Afsuyoid, I am. I am. We need to remove that feeling and say, Hashem is, and I want to be a part of, a part of Hashem. That's the first step. The second step next is the exertion of the soul. That the service shall not be burdensome to it. To ex exert its thought to delve into and reflect upon the greatness of God. For a long and uninterrupted period. The measure of which is not the same for every soul. So the second item that we need to do to really connect with Hashem's knowledge. Is to be able to focus. It's interesting the words. Try and do this in today's day and age with your iPhone and your iPad. And for a long an uninterrupted period to really be able to focus it says here that you need to, you need to reflect upon the greatness of God for a long and uninterrupted period what is the definition of a long period of time in this context. Five, five minutes. Actually, you know what we're going to talk about? I see I'm jumping ahead. We're going to talk about it in a moment. We'll get, we'll get back to this. So yeah, every nishama, every nishama takes di a different amount of energy to connect with Hashem and to fear Hashem. For example, for example, there is the naturally refined soul, which immediately considers the greatness of God, attains a fear and dread of God. So some people naturally are more refined. More refined means that the moment they truly think about how awesome Hashem is, how Hashem is the creator of the entire universe, and how Hashem created every minute detail and he's focusing on him, it, it instantaneously brings a fear and dread of God. And actually, this explains what is written in the Shulchan Aruch, as is written in the Shulchan Aruch, or Achayim section 1, to quote, when a man reflects that the great king, the supreme king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he, with whose glory the whole world is full, stands over him and sees his actions, he will immediately be overcome with fear. The Shulchan Aruch says that if a person will focus on the greatness of Hashem and how he's focusing on every detail to quote the Shulchan Aruch, he will immediately be overcome with fear. Now, not for all of us is this true. That immediately you'll be overcome with fear. This is talking about a more refined soul. It's interesting, in Shulchan Aruch, one of the things it's talking about here actually is modesty. Modesty, even in your own bedroom, even in 
the way you get dressed in the morning. That when you get dressed in the morning, you shouldn't do it. You should do it under your covers, and not just in you know in the in your room without any covers. Because Hashem is everywhere, including in your own room. Hashem is everywhere. He's watching us in a good way, out of love. But He's watching us. If you think, if you know that Hashem is watching every single detail, that's going to bring a sense of fear. So that is a more refined soul. That the moment he thinks about Hashem and how the greatness of Hashem is going to come to fear. This is talking about all the people in the class here. But then, there is a soul that is of lowly nature and origin, coming from the lower gradations of the ten sefirot of Asiya, which cannot discover godliness by contemplation, except with difficulty and forcefulness. Some people, their souls come from a much lower level. They're coming from the lowest levels within the ten tefirot, within the lowest world. And therefore, for them to connect with Hashem is something that takes, look at this word, difficulty and forcefulness. Sometimes we have to break our current dynamic. And you can, but it's hard. Especially, continues Tanya, if it had been contaminated by the sin of youth, for the sins interposed, as is explained in Sefer Hasidim, chapter 35. So, a soul that's from a lower level, naturally, it's harder for him to connect with Hashem. And even more... If he sinned, that's going to be another level, which is going to make it even harder for him to be able to connect with Hashem, but he can do it. And that's what we say further. Nevertheless, by dint of forceful effort, when his thought greatly exerts itself with much vigor and toil and intense concentration, immersing in contemplation of the greatness of God for a considerable time, they will certainly come to him at any rate the lower fear referred to above. Okay, so no matter where you come, whether you're a refined soul, whether it's a soul from the lower levels, if you try hard, Moshe Rabbeinu has given you this ability, Moses, the, the leader of the Jewish people, the Raya Mehemna, the faithful shepherd, has given us all the ability to have this faith, have this knowledge of Hashem. But, as we learned here, it does necessitate for some the immersing and contemplation of the greatness of God for a considerable time. And this is what I mentioned earlier. What is the definition of a considerable time? So Mark says, five minutes. And, and the truth be told, today, in today's world, to focus for five minutes without interruption is quite a... Quite a May, some people may even say it's impossible. Say it again. <laughs> the the previous rabbi said that a considerable time means one hour today, one hour tomorrow. In other words, focusing every day. And with the days, you'll automatically come to this fear of Hashem.
Yes. Any questions before we continue? No. Okay. Cer they will certainly come to him at any rate, the lower fear referred to above. And as the rabbi, the blessed memory of says, if, I, if a man says, I have labored and I have found, believe him. Did I hear a question? Did I, did I ignore a question? Okay. So I want to share with you a fascinating insight on the Talmud where it says over here, if, I, if a man says, I have labored and I have found, believe him. The Talmud says a famous quote. This quote is so important. It's one of the 12 quotes that the Rebbe said every child should say, should, should know by heart. And the quote says, Yagaiti if a person says, I tried hard, but I didn't find, don't believe them. If a person says, I tried hard to study for my test, and, I, and the, kid, the person ends up getting a 70, don't believe him. Okay? The quote continues. If he says, I didn't try hard and I found. I'll tell him again, don't believe him. If he says, I didn't try hard and I got a hundred on his test, don't trust him. He must have tried hard. I tried hard and I was successful. Tom and trust him. It doesn't really make sense. Something's missing here. Something's missing. I know kids that get hundreds on their tests without trying hard. And I know kids that try really hard and, and don't get a hundred. So what does this mean that only believe if a person says, I have labored and I have found, then believe. And what, what, what does that mean? Yeshua, what does it mean? What, what's the meaning of this quote? If and, and let me highlight this. If, if a man says, I have labored and I have found, believe him. Yes, that, that's a deep thing. Interesting. And now I didn't know this answer until my teacher taught it to me. And that was, he says, it's not saying, if it would say, I tried hard and I failed. That's not what it says. It says, if a person says, I've labored and I have found. The word, fa the word found means that you found a gift. If you tried hard and passed your test, that's not a gift. That's what you deserve. What we're saying here is, if a, if a man says, I have labored and I, I found a gift, believe him. But if he says, I didn't labor and found a gift, don't believe him. We're not talking about a, uh, an inheritance. L let me apply this here. If a person says, I tried hard to connect with Hashem, that's not enough. You're trying hard to connect you with Hashem? No. 
but you found a present. Hashem is going to give you a present. And that's what it's saying here. As our rabbis of blessed memory have said, if a man says, I have labored, I did my part, I tried hard to connect with Hashem, and I have found, I found the gift, trust Him. Trust Him. That's true. Because if you do your part, Hashem will do the rest. True. And now we're going to quote a second point about this, how if you try hard, you'll find. It is also written, if you seek her as silver and search for her, as for the hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of Hashem. So to come to really connect with Hashem, we have to search like those searching on the, on the shore with their machine for gold and silver. They go for hours on end. With their, we have to try as hard as we can. This means, in the manner of a, of a man seeking a hidden treasure, or the wealth buried in the depth of the earth, for which he digs with tireless toil. So must one delve with unflagging energy in order to bring to light the treasure of the fear of heaven, which lies buried and concealed in the understanding of the heart of every Jewish individual. So, Hash so Moshe Rabbeinu gave you a present. His present is that there is a f that you're able to reveal the fear of Hashem within you. But you need a search for it. You're going to have to try, you're going to have to work a little hard to bring it out. Any questions? This energy which is in us, and this is a very important point for today's day and age, where we're just we're living, as every email starts off, in unprecedented times. We need to know that the Torah and mitzvot and the and, and the neshama within us, this being of a quality and level transcending the limitations of time. Torah and mitzvot transcends time. The energy, the soul within us transcends time and space. Wherever we are, any time, any space. That means, and this is a powerful message, just to digress for a second. The fact that each one of us right now is in our home, quarantined, is divine providence. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not God. But we together we believe that everything is intentional. And being quarantined with whoever is in our home with us at the moment, it's intentional. That, that's an important message. Hashem didn't forget about us. On the contrary, He's remembering us and something, something big is brewing. May we see it soon. So, so again, the message is that the Torah and mitzvot, certainly God and the Torah and mitzvot, are higher than time and space. This being of a quality and level transcending the limitations of time, and this is a natural hidden fear referred to above. So, so within us, there's this, there's this fear, there's this natural fear, and we need to reveal it. We need to reveal it. Any questions? The question is, 
The question is, if it's within us, so why do we need to reveal it? What's so complicating? Why do we need to... Oh, who are we revealing it to? Good. Good question. You answer the question. Who are we revealing it to? Ourselves. To, to you. You need to reveal it to you. You know the famous story. The guy, he had a dream that under the bridge in, Leip in, in uh, Leipzig, there's a treasure and he goes under the bridge. He goes there and on the way a guard starts laughing at him. He says, you're so foolish. Just yesterday I had a dream and he refers to the guy's own house. That there's a treasure in your own house. And the guy runs home and he breaks down his oven and he finds a treasure there. So, this man goes to his own home and he finds the treasure within. So Mark asked, who are you revealing the treasure for? And you're re revealing the treasure for yourself. Last week I shared that in the times of the Baal Shem Tov, the biggest curse one could give to another was to call him an, an Am Haaretz. And Am Haaretz, literally translated, people would say it means a man of the earth. But it was a way to say you're just an ignoramus. And the, what does it literally mean again? A man of the earth. The Baal Shem Tov said that what you believe is a curse is the biggest blessing. When you're calling someone and I'm her, it's a man of the earth. You're saying, just like the earth, the deeper you dig, the more resources you're going to find. So too. A Jewish person, the deeper you dig, the more gold and silver, meaning the more incredible resources, love and fear of Hashem, that you're going to find. So you learn, you come to Tanya class, and you learn, cha you learn chapter 42, where it tells you that yes, the gift is in you, but you need to work hard to reveal it within you. It's there, but that doesn't mean it's easy for you to reveal. You know, sometimes you could get an inheritance, but the, it, it's locked up. You've got to go through all different lawyers and stuff to try and reveal it, to try and uh, get, get through it. We have incredible inheritance. Inheritance means Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, the Torah that Moshe gave us is Morash, it's an inheritance. You still need to work hard to be able to uh, connect with it and reveal it within you. Good question, Mark, thank you. Welcome, Yishai. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, Yishai. Hi, Long time no so let's learn one more thought for tonight. And that is, if it's within you, how, what's, what's the details for completely revealing it? However, in order that it should be translated into action, to translate this natural love and fear within you, in the sense of fear of sin, namely to turn away from evil and deed, word and thought, 
One needs to bring it to light from the hidden depth of the understanding of the heart. That means the treasure is there, but it's hidden deep within you. And it's hidden deep within you in a place where it transcends time. And your goal is to place it within the realm of the actual thought that is in the brain. We need to take it from deep within our heart and put it into the thought within our brain as we just said. What does this practically mean? This means... This means immersing his thought in it for a lengthy period of time until it is actively until its activity shall emerge from the potential into the actual, namely turning away from evil and doing good in thought, speech, and action. Because of Hashem who looks and sees, hears and listens and perceives all his deeds and searches his reign and heart. And as a rabbi of blessed memory said, reflect upon three things and you will not come to sin, the eye that sees, the ear that hears, etc. So let's put this together. There is inside of each and every one of us incredible, incredible gifts. And we need to reveal them. The gift that we're specifically focusing on tonight is the gift of fear of Hashem. Being able, fear of Hashem meaning, being able to connect, to know that Hashem exists, to know that Hashem created the world, to know the greatness of Hashem. And to know how much Hashem loves you and is thinking about you to bring you to a natural, to, to reveal the fear within you. And this is completely feasible and possible. And I want to conclude with, one, with just kind of putting this in other words. Oftentimes, we've spoken in this class, you know, people, we, we say fear, and, and, it, and it comes across. In the, with a negative connotation. Hashem is, I'm scared, He's going to hurt me. He's... But if, if we take the approach, let's just say what we learned tonight. Hashem is focusing on every detail of me. He loves me. He cares about me. He knows every... He, he, Hashem loves me so much that every little thing I do is important to Him. So that will bring to a natural fear of Hashem. Like the King of all kings is watching me, this lowly creation. It brings you to naturally love Him and fear, to be careful. Hashem is watching every single move I do. Right? They started putting on policemen, they started putting on these cameras. Now, I'm not going to say if that's good or bad. But I'll say one thing. If we all had a camera on us, that, we would, that at the end of the day, someone would review, okay, if you're married, your spouse would review your camera. Every day at the end of the day, um, I don't know. Well, what, what would that do? Mark, what would, what, would you, what would happen if your wife had a camera and every day during dinner, you would sit down and she would review your day together? Well, I think you should get a camera if that's the case. I'll pay for it. Yeah, bring the film in next week. <laughs> um, but Hashem is watching every single detail. 
It's a very empowering thought. And again, as we're all home, to, to really think about this, how much Hashem loves us and cares about us, and how we're not alone. We're not alone. Thank you very much.